Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Anthony Beck, and you're listening to the Raspy Voice Kids. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Jordan with the Raspy Voice Kids. Wanted to give a quick disclaimer about this episode. Uh, Jeremy does not have his microphone on during the entirety of this recording, so his mic is going to sound a little weird throughout the episode. We apologize for that, and he apologizes for that profusely. But be sure to stick around to the end of this episode to listen to the unscathed interview with Anthony Becht. He's a great guest, and we were very happy to have him on. And with that being said, enjoy the show. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pit. You are now joining the Raspberry Voice Kids Podcast. We are now in the building doing our podcast thing. I'm with... J.N. Phoenix in the building. We are ready to do our podcast thing. Are you ready to join us? All right, let's get it. Jeremy, you and I have embarked on a new situation... We decided that enough was enough, and we had to go keto on them. I am not a nugget. Me neither. Shout but, out Owen Hart. Shout out Owen Hart. But this is where we are. Hey, look. The way I feel is... change And so many people have looked at themselves and decided they needed to make a change, and they don't know what to do. Talking to the man in the mirror. I can. I'm asking him to change his ways. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, what are we doing? <laughs> what we're doing is talking about what keto has meant to us. So, this is not propaganda. We are not trying to get you to do what we're doing. We're just talking about what we have decided to do. And I will tell y'all, I started, started this journey at 281. And by the way, he started this journey at 281. But this is pop culture. Pop, 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 pop. All right, you at 281. Started at 281. I'm now down to 247. It's been about two months. It's worked for me. This is where I am. I'm just telling y'all what's going on. Hey, look, I've never been one for diets. That is not me. I, I, you know, I stay off the scale. I don't look at diet plans. But it came a brain age came to a point where I, I just had to make change. I had to do something. I had to talk to the man in the mirror. I had to do something. I had to ask him to make a change. My big thing was I looked at 281 and I said I have to do something. So now <clears throat> we've embarked on part upon this keto. Your journey's been a little different than mine because I have what they called quote unquote the keto flu. Yeah. That's where your body, I mean, with all you know, all purposes really is pretty much withdrawal from sugar. You can eat meats, I can eat steak, I can eat shrimp, I can eat lobster, I can eat... Crab legs. Yeah, all the good stuff, cheddar cheese. Get it in, son. But you can't have any sugar. So it's been rough on me. And I even, like, I'm not even a, a sugar hog. Like, I'm not one of the people who needs... I am. But 
Um, when you go into that withdrawal from not having sugar, man, it, it's been rough. It's been rough. There's, there's been four or five days where I just felt like trash. But the truth is, it works. Shout to Bob Thuggins on Twitter, who's been doing his thing. He's lost 47 pounds. He has done his thing. We're trying to do our thing. I'm down 34 pounds myself. I'm proud of me. I don't care what y'all think. I'm just letting y'all know that's where I am. That's the thing. I, I don't like doing diets, but the truth is, if it works, it works. I know people will say, hey, you need to do something that is sustainable. Cutting calories and look at other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Something that's sustainable. But for now, let me get this poundage down, man. Let me get back to, you know, don't get me wrong. My swag's always on a million. Yeah. But, you know, it feels a little better when you, you fit your clothes a little better, when you move around a little better. And right now, I'm, I'm dropping a few pounds. So this keto thing, I, honestly, I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. Because the fact of the matter is you do lose weight. But that keto flu is rough. But once you get Look, through it, if, if you can get through it, man, you, you do shed LBs quick, man. I'm like big pun, man. I just lost 100 pounds. I'm trying to live. Oh. If y'all know what that is, holler at your boys. Get at us. All right. Holler at us. Holler at us. So the thing is, we're doing keto, but there are some people who do other things that make it work. What are you doing that makes it work? That's what we're asking. So you can get at us. You could always reach out to us, whether it's Twitter, email. Uh, if you just want to get at us, if you, have, if you have our phone number, whatever it is, let, let us know what you're doing to make your life work. Because that's what this is about, making it work. Hey, man, it's summertime coming up. Yeah. Some of us, some of us are more ready than others. That's what I'm saying. Top down. You gonna be in t-shirts? Look, you can't wear a sweatshirt all year long. I wish you could, cause I, I'm a hoodie guy. Look, man. So, hey, it's time to get it in. It's time to get it done. Let's get it right. Holla at your boys, the RBK. RBK. Do you have cold floors in your home? It may be time to insulate your crawl space because cold air is rising into the rest of your home. Alfred Home Solutions can fix this problem. Call them today at 304-317-4105 today to book your free insulation estimate. Again, 304-317-4105. Don't wait. Insulate. What's up? It's Jordan again, and it's time for another segment of I Got Five on It with the Raspy Voice Kids. The kids are ready. Let's get started with the first blank. Derek Culver blank be on the basketball team next year. No, he will not. It's over. He's out. Derek Culver's made a decision. He got an agent who is not certified, so he has no choice. He's gone. Okay. Uh, I think he'll be gone. You hear conflicting stories. No, nah, ain't no conflicting stories. But, uh, I feel like he's gone for the team next year. I mean, it is what it is. Number two. After the spring game, blank will be our starting quarterback. Jared Daggy, without question, Jared Daggy's the guy. I'm not saying he's the better quarterback necessarily, but I will say Neil Brown does not take chances. Jared Daggy is our quarterback. Teach me how to dig. Teach me how to dig. Yeah. Oh, my girl, love. Oh, my girl, love. Yeah. Look, man, I was the biggest person talking about Gary Green. Give Gary Green a chance. Let Garrett Green scramble. After the spring game, the accuracy, I think Garrett Green will, will be a gem for us. But right now, the answer is uh, Jared Daggy. Especially the dude took off and scrambled his fourth snap. He also scrambled for a touchdown. If he can keep the ball and show that he can run, because he's not slow, man, that'll be a big addition. I think within the first 25 yards, the way he processes, the way he gets the ball out of his hands, I think is special. I love it. My problem with Deggy is his deep ball and his um, intermediate routes. But right now, from what I see from the leadership, from the taking care of the ball to all that stuff, it's not even a question. This is not a competition. I don't care how they try to frame it. Despite what I've said in the past, Deggy's our quarterback after seeing the spring, spring game. I'm with you 100%. Number three. McBride's appearance during the spring game makes me feel he will blank. I still think he's gone. He's got he's got a first round first round grade, at least one. Not as many as Carter. Yeah. 
But he has the potential to be an NBA player in a first-round draft pick, and I don't see him wasting it. No, I agree. Uh, uh, well, some form. I don't know. Like, why would you come out of the spring game if you're not coming back? Somebody says the last thing you do is play quarterback. That would be kind of cool. I mean, it'd be like a like nice little nugget. I just get this feeling he's coming back. I think it's really. I think it's allowed me to reintroduce myself. I know he's a first round grade. If I were a first round grade, I'd be gone. But the fact that he came, I don't know. Maybe he just want to throw the ball. Maybe he just want to add some excitement. That's a possibility. He did it though. He did it. Put the bread in the basket. I feel like. Real talk, if I had to lean, I, I guess I'm leaning towards the NBA, but my feeling, I feel like there's a little hope that it came out. I don't know. I guess it's just be, I don't know. I really don't know what he's going to do with this. I think he's gone. I, I, I thought he was gone. Spring game appearance makes me think, I, I, I really don't know which way to call it. I can't call him. We'll see. We'll see. Number four. You feel blank about the front court if Derek Culver leaves. I feel confident in what Huggs decided to recruit, getting guys like Pauly Polycap that can do what we need done if the guards play their part. Amen. I agree. Um, I like DC. I like his heart. I like what he showed. I think his biggest thing he did for us was rebound. I know he averaged like 14 points, but I feel like we get other guys inside in the paint who can put the ball in the bucket a little better. I also feel like we can get guys who can defend the rim a little bit better. So I think Huggins, and the truth is, I feel like this is Huggins. One last cry. Really? Before I leave it alone. Really? I feel like this is his last push. And he's got the guys. If Brian comes back, he can add those accentuated pieces with the two big men coming in. The shooter once again, another... Uh, Another transfer who came in. If you can add those in to what we already have, it'll be a big deal. I love DC. I like DC. I like his energy. I like his effort. But these guys coming in, I'll feel solid because what he gave us was rebounding, most importantly. And I think these guys can fill in and, and fill the gap. These two guys can fill in the gap where, where he's left it. I think for sure. Number five. I blank the climb. I trust the climb, Jay. I trust it. I don't believe that it I don't think it's going to take us to the heights that some people think so. But overall, I trust where we're going, how we are ascending. I believe in the climb. I trust the climb. Call me crazy, but I do. Yeah, this is a tough question to ask. Um, especially in the third year. But my answer is, I trust ish. That's right, new word, trust ish. <laughs> yeah. I trust ish the climb. I think he's changing the dynamic of West Virginia football. I think he's changing the overall, uh, what's it called? The, the feeling. The trajectory? Yeah, no, not just trajectory. The culture, that's what I'm looking for. The culture. He's yeah. The culture. Yeah. Man, when I watch that spring game, I've never seen so much passion and fierceness. That, that's a word. Passion. Them guys came out to play. Um, bringing McBride out was a big deal for the crowd and for the fans. I think he's changing the culture at West Virginia. And I think that Lions has um, it locked on. I think he sees it. That's the reason why Neil Brown got extended. He won some games first year. He won more games the second year. If he wins more games the third year, that's where it is, man. I, I trust this decline. I trust it because trust-ish. No, 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 no. I said trust I it. I'm just saying for me, I want to. Yes, yes. I trust it because statistically, the trajectory, the improvement is better than everybody in the country last year. Yeah. So that's why I trust it. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Amen. That's it. That's the wrap-up. Let us know your answers. Let us know your feelings. Holla at you, boys. Wrap me, boys.
That's right, we're back here for another segment of the Raspy Boys Kids, man. We're talking about the West Virginia, everything West Virginia. I'm Jay and Phoenix, Jeremy Phoenix, and your one brother. Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt. He's in the build, man. So we're going to start talking about these things that are popping off. The first thing I want to talk about is something that I don't know if you guys have thought about. When Neil Brown was hired by uh, Shane Lyons, there were a few people in the mix, right? Yeah. Coming down to the finalists. One of those finalists for us that wasn't Neil Brown is now at Cincinnati killing it. Luke Fickle. Now, the truth be told, I thought Luke Fickle was just a, a product of that great Ohio State juggernaut in which it was. So I wasn't like, oh, we got to get Luke Fickle. But granted, looking at the success that Luke Fickle has had at Cincinnati, does that make you question does that make you second guess the hiring of Neil Brown over him? That's a good question, Jay. And the answer is no. Because Luke Fickle is playing G5. Neil Brown is power five all day, every day. Every single week, in and out, he's playing power five football. And for me, Neil Brown is doing his job the way it should be done. And for Luke Fickle, he's doing what he should be doing. But I'm not sure that he would have the same success rate if he was in the Big 12. No, I agree. I agree, I agree with you 100%. I thought about this, and I thought about, man, do we really want Luke Fickle? Did we miss, like, swing and miss? Luke Fickle doing his thing in Cincinnati. You got kids. I mean, he got this Aquila Lawton kid from South Charleston who's going down there. I mean, there's other players that's going in. I mean, it's like, for a second, take a pause and think, like, should we have hired Luke Fickle? But I'm with you, man. It's different. There's a difference between the playing in the Big 12 and Conference USA. I don't know. Is it the Big East? Is it American? Oh, I think it's American. Doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all the same. It's all the same. It's all the same. So it's easy. It's easier to get to your goal. And he's doing it. Hey, no, no, no knocks on Luke Fickle. Nope. But I honestly feel like Neil Brown is driving this train in a direction that we want to go, man. I think it's all, hey, trust the climb. I think it's going up. So I understand. For the people who are immediately a little paused by it, for the people who think, you know, who want to hate all the time, a, a little bit of pause of, well, Luke Pickle's doing his thing in Cincinnati. I honestly don't feel like it's a blemish on chain lines, and I feel like it's one of the things that we have to be patient because we're playing in a higher conference, a tougher conference. But, hey, look, shout out to Luke Pickle for doing his thing in Cincinnati. 100%. Cincinnati, that's what I call him. Yeah. But let's get to this real thing that's going on. This jambalaya. He said, she said. It's all about the he said, she said. I think you better quit. Anyway, uh, Derek Homer, DC. Oh, man. Agent, player. One says this, the other says that. What's going on? Uh, you hear all kinds of reports. Yeah. What do you, what, Derek Culver sounds like he got finessed by, by an agent who was not certified by the NCAA. He made a bad decision. Not saying it was a bad decision to go pro and try to make money overseas or in the G League, but he did not have the opportunity to return to WVU, which is what he would ultimately like to do if the opportunity arose. Does it make sense? Kind of. And I think he got finessed. Okay. And I think he's not the only one. He's not the first one. He won't be the last. Nope, not the first, not the last, but that's where he is. There you go. I don't, I don't know. Like, I didn't know what to think about the reports, whether he's staying. Should I stay or should I go now? Well, the decision has been made. Yep. If you hired that agent, the agent's saying this, he's saying that. But all in all, I think he's gone. But what kind of start? No, no. It ain't no think he is gone. It's done. It's over. The question is, did he make the right decision? Well... Um, it depends. I mean, look, look. I don't think he's going to the NBA, but that doesn't mean he's not going pro. A lot of people think pro means NBA. Exactly. There's pro leagues across the seas. I don't know if he can make it to the NBA. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't feel like. Um, I I just outside looking in. I don't know how much. I, mean, I don't know if he jumps real high. I don't know his defense. I, I'm watching it. But the point is, he can make money overseas. So, so it just depends on where his family is and where his need is, financially speaking. For me, looking at him, I would think that he would need, it would have been beautiful if he came back for another year. 
not to be that he's going to be our, you know, our center of gravitation. He's going to be our big player. But to add to a team that's already semi going to be deep with these transfers coming in would have been great for us. I don't see, I mean, now that he's gone, hey, look, you got to do what's best for you and your family and make the best decision. Do I think you made the best decision? It doesn't matter what I think. It's what DC decided to do. And, bro, we'll get behind you. We'll support you once a Mountaineer, always a Mountaineer, as long as you do the right things. Hey, bro, hats off to you. And that's where it's at. 100%. Let's get to the spring game, man. Excitement. Jared Deggy, Garrett Green. Uh, Tony Mathis. Tony Mathis. I was about to say the quarterback, Goose Crowder. Crowder made a little appearance. Okay, yeah. Talking about the freshman. Man. It was a good spring game. Truth be told, we have been outside the spring game because of COVID and because of this uh, thing called Dana Hogerson for a few years. So now we had a spring game back. It was exciting. We had Deuce Big Bride show up to throw passes with the quarterbacks. Um, we're not even going to talk about what his credentials are in high school because if you've ever watched a West Virginia basketball game, they've went over 12 trillion times. So At least. So Deuce Big Bride going out to throw with the quarterbacks was awesome. It was special. Him taking off the uh, over jacket, having the shirt on that said McBride. I love it. Matter of fact, I saw a picture of somebody. They posted it. Uh, the little girl was wearing the number four jersey, and I said, oh, that was a tight Deuce McBride football jersey. Clearly, it was Lenny Graham. Yeah. Yeah. But what you think about the spring game, man? I know you didn't get to see it, but from what you hear from everybody What else. I've heard, it was fun. It was exciting. Neil Brown brought the excitement. He brought the atmosphere that we're looking for. He gave people the opportunity to show what they can do, and I love it. Amen, man. I think the thing I could, if I didn't describe it in one word, I would just say energy, man. Every player on there was playing with energy. They were playing with passion. I think he's changing the culture. They were excited to be on the field. Now, granted, I know we just came off COVID, but it felt something different. Like I said, he's changing the foundation of West Virginia football. He's changing the culture. They're talking about it being an honor, like an honor code to be on special teams. That's the reason why you see some of our starters, even last year and years before, starters on special teams, running down the kickoffs, covering punts. Um, so when you watch these guys out there grinding and working and taking pride in it and high-fiving and even with the third-string teams in there, making interceptions and, and going deep, man, it, it's a big deal. It's a big thing. Now, here's a big thing, Brandon. I'll be honest with you. And honestly, I'm sure other people saw this, and this is, I don't say Captain Obvious, but I, I tweeted this out. Darius Cohen is a problem. He's a dog. Brandon, oh my goodness, coming off that left, left end. Deggy only had two seconds to throw the ball before it's collapsed. I'm not saying that he got to the quarterback every single time, but he collapsed the line. He is a monster. If he can stay healthy, that is a big addition. Also, the big addition is sometimes you can talk about uh, who's playing where and the depth chart's not sealed. Uh, defensive line is. Oh, but we lost Jeffrey Pooler. Yes, yes, yes. We'll get to Jeffrey Pooler in a second. But we had Taj Austin, Mesador, and Dante Stills. Almost the whole entire ones, the entire time. Those are our three starters, and those three, I think, will make an impact for sure. Now, let's get on with Jeffrey Pooler here in a second. Actually, you know what? Let's do Jeffrey Pooler now. Let's do it now. Dude decided that he's going to Greener Pastures, um, and he hit the transfer portal, man. What you think about that? I think the grass is always greener on the other side. It doesn't mean it's a best decision for everybody. Yeah. I heard the other day a statement that made me laugh. He said, sometimes the grass is greener over there because it's full of manure. Yep. So um, if he feels like he can excel somewhere else, once again, look, anybody who's trying to better their life or better their situation, hats off to you. We support that. We support that. The only problem is this. Jeffrey Pooler was a solid player, man. He made some plays. Hats off to you, man. You, you, You play ball. But I feel like number nine should be a special number for West Virginia. Now that is a different conversation. I'm telling you, man. I feel like number nine should be a. No, no, no. Nine should be retired. And if it's not, you better. Between Manager Harris, Pac-Man Jones, Jock Sanders even. You better earn that number nine. And I have a problem with people getting number nine unless you're all-American type. And Jeffrey Pooler, I don't. Uh, he, he's a solid player, man. And I, and I like what he gave us. And I love his energy. But he's not all-American type. Nope. And I feel like we need to quit giving out to number nine to people 
who are all American. Who are major, who are Pac-Man. That makes sense. Yeah, 100%. Like, you know, Michigan. Michigan has a number one. Michigan, you have to earn that number one. I feel like number nine should be the same way with West Virginia. Now, if we're talking about number ones, Brandon, oh my goodness. Now, we're talking about the Bears coming on the other side of the ball, playing on defense and making an impact. Brandon went, stand right, Junior, jet life right. Oh my goodness. We're talking about taking steps. We always look for people to take steps more and more and more. And there was a lot expected from him. And last year, he showed a little flashes. He looks bigger, he looks thicker, and I promise you, he looks more explosive. He's wearing that number one jersey. Man, when I watch him in the spring game, I feel like I look at him and I say, you got the juice now. He got the juice. You know? Yeah. <laughs> he got the juice now. And if you haven't seen Juice with Tupac and Omar Epps, you need to see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, hey, got to go way back. You know? Learn your culture. Go back, baby. Yeah. But seriously, man, like, like he, he looked good. He looked really good. The offensive line was solid. But another thing I want to talk about from the spring game that I was really interested in, and we talked about this a few weeks ago, who was going to be the backup running back? Yeah. And the truth is, it came, it comes down to two different players, a Barry Sparrow or Mathis. Yeah. Uh, Sparrow, um, I liked his patience. Mathis looked like a bona fide number two starter. He looked good, Brandon. He looks like he can spell Letty. I think I was the most excited to see Mathis take over um, and look like somebody who can spell Letty and we not really miss a beat. Now, I don't want to say miss a beat, but miss too, too much. Yeah, I understand. So, as much as I said, oh, you don't learn too much in the spring game, actually, I feel like I learned a lot. I did too. Even in the secondary, man, Jackie Matthews. I know we got the transfer coming in and may start over him. Jackie Matthews played. Darren Porter Jr. showed that maybe, maybe he's not going to be starting, but maybe he'll play in the nickel or somewhere else. Number two, man, he was out there making plays. Matter of fact, he picked off Garrett Green. And let's get to that. The quarterback situation. Garrett Green, Jared Daggy, spring game. What have you heard, Brandon? I've heard that Jared Daggy looked like he improved. But Garrett Green has the wheels. Garrett Green has that X factor. Garrett Green has the possible it factor. So you have to, you really have to decide what do you want. But here's the thing: when Deggy took off, so Deggy took off a couple of times. He didn't look. I mean, I know he's slower than Gary Green. He looked that much slower. So if he's willing to take off, I feel like that's that's close enough to what Green does. I feel like he takes care of the ball more, and he's way more decisive and accurate and, inside the, the twenty-five yard mark. And he understands the offense. And he understands the offense. So. Green, I think he'll come along, but watch that game, man. Because, look, like, people look at, you know, so Green threw a deep pass that was great, I believe, to... Caden uh, Prather. Was it Prather or Wheaton? All right, one of the two. Caden Prather. Um, but he also threw a, a pass that should have been taken to the house by Muhammad, number 30, and he dropped it on the screen. Also, he threw an interception to Darryl Porter Jr. Now, granted, he threw it up, and the receiver had a chance to make a play on the ball, but also, they missed the exchange. Him and a Barry Sparrow... Fumble the ball on an exchange. These are little things, but little things in big games make a difference. They add up. I'm not telling you that when he gets out there, he's not going to ball. I'm saying right now, I'm the idiot because I've been calling for Garrett Green for forever. Yep. And Neil Brown just showed me, and Jared Daggy, teach me how to Daggy, showed me there's a reason why he's a starter, and I feel like he's going to stay a starter. So that's what we see from the spring game, man. I felt like from the get-go, Jared Daggy was going to be the starter because Neil Brown didn't take chances. So, we'll we'll see what we get, but I can't imagine it'll be different. Well, that's what we got. That's the Mountain Air Roundup. Tell us what you got. Tell us what tell us what you saw. Hey, we'll be listening for it. But I want y'all to get ready for this Anthony Becht. Man, great interview. Tied in WVU. Man, Gold Blue interview coming next. B Fiend, Anthony Becht. Holla at you, boys. Rap me, boys. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pit, from the Raspy Voice Kids. You are now tuned into the Raspy Voice Kid podcast. Today we have with us a Mountaineer great, a former first-round draft pick, a media sensation, and the pride of Drexel Hill, Pennsylvania, Mr. Anthony Becht. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, no doubt. I appreciate it. A hell of a introduction there. 
that's that's good stuff, man. No, yeah, thanks for having me on. I know we've been trying to to link up, and uh, glad uh, glad I can jump on the podcast. We're glad to have you. We're excited that you're here. You are worthy of the introduction. I was a huge fan of the Mountaineers in the late 90s, especially because that was my coming of age as far as understanding the game and understanding what was happening. And of course, you were doing your thing at WVU at that time uh, with the likes of Mark Bolger, Amos Zaraway, and so many others. Anthony Becht drafted number 27 in the first round. What do you think so far about this Neil Brown and his staff and what he's doing with West Virginia? Well, you know, you know, first and foremost, uh, I really like Neil. I think, um, you know, uh, he's a guy that's young, up and coming, you know, very offensive minded. Um, and, and I think, you know, he's, a, he's kind of a proven winner, you know, was that Troy turned it around and, and went three years, 10 straight wins for each of those seasons. So now it's just a matter of him, you know, recruiting, recruiting in the, in the big leagues per se, right? Getting, getting the guys that, you know, are going to make be difference makers to, to get West Virginia over the top. Um, you know, they, they had some guys leave. They're trying to kind of get their roster cleaned up. They're also trying to bring in players, find that quarterback and kind of mesh it all together, you know, but do it in a, in a timely manner so that they can go out and, and make things happen. It was a good uh, jump to get to a bowl game last year and then get themselves a W and, and now you just want to continue to grow and continue to make, make that product better. So you know, looking forward to seeing what the team looks like, you know, moving forward and, and seeing some of the young players that come through and, uh, you know, see if they have any real difference makers for them to be, you know, back to where you and myself and some of the other fans have seen them over the past, you know. Hello? Yep. You dropped – oh, there you go. You said where the – you were saying you back to where some of the fans have seen them in the recent year or in the recent past. Exactly. Just, you know, we know some of the good teams over the last 10 or 15 years, uh, you know, that cycle of great teams. I think that now, you know, that that's what you're trying to strive for with, with Neil. And then you want to, you know, ultimately to be a great coach and take it to the next level is sustainability, right. To do it, you know, not just cyclically, but, you know, to mix it as, you know, being a developmental program and also being able to recruit guys that can come in and really, you know, be playmakers now. Like Rocco Becht, huh? <laughs> well, you know, uh, I mean, listen, yeah, yeah. Rock, Rocco's going right now, committed to Iowa State. And, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, but, you know, that's what you're looking for. You know, you're trying to find guys uh, for the future. So, um, you know, that's that's a big part of it. And, you know, uh, that that's kind of what my son's going through. Same same kind of situation where, you know, teams are recruiting him and, and, and trying to get the right guy. So it's, uh, it's tough with the pandemic, trying to get it all figured out. But, you know, the teams that do their homework, obviously, uh, you know, they get the job done and they continue to build and, and get better. Yeah, and that's what we're looking for, too. Just like you said, <laughs> can you uh, give us some insight into what it's like being a parent going through the recruiting process and how it differs from when you went through that process going from Drexel Hill to Morgantown? I think the biggest difference is accessibility to the player and the coaches uh, because of Twitter and social media. Um, you know, that that's really it. I mean, you know, there's a little more mail and letters involved and, you know, uh, you got to kind of be home and set something up for a call. I mean, now it's just, you know, bam, you, you DM somebody and you got, you know, you're jumping on a call a couple hours later. So, you know, there's really – it's easier for a player to make himself accessible and reach out to coaches and connect with coaches. And then, obviously, if you're a legit player and, and you have talent to, you know, kind of, you know, get with them and let them see you, whether it's through, you know, videos. You know, the pandemic has been different for everybody, right? So, you know, just trying to, you know, uh, show schools what you got outside of your tape and how you're developing and how you're growing. But, you know, it's been great. I mean, listen, you know – Rocco had a roadmap. We put a plan together a couple of years ago, man, when we thought this thing was going to be real. And, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, the, Rocco's got to go out there and do it, you know, just like every other player. So you have to be able to do it and show it and, and prove that you're worthy of, you know, connecting with these coaches and, and then ultimately getting them to offer you a, an opportunity to, you know, to, to, you know, come there and play. So, um, you know, I think that's really just it's, it's enhanced itself because of the fact of social that you can really make more connections now than ever before. It is amazing how time changes things, technology changes things, 
in your day, obviously you were very successful. You had numerous accolades coming out of high school. What was it like getting to be with Don Nealon? We have a, we actually have a song where we talk about Don Nealon. We say he built the brand. He made West Virginia football what it is now known as. Can you give us a good Don Nealon story? <laughs> yeah, I mean, first and foremost, uh, you know, Coach Nealon is is has been awesome to me. Uh, he's been a fan ever since the day I stepped on campus up to now, and um, you know, I, I got a lot of admiration for him. You know, he he you know gave me an opportunity when nobody else did, and he may not have thought in that moment that I was going to be worth much or provide much to the university. But hey, he, he you know he he extended his arm to me and gave me a small crack of opportunity, got my education paid for, and, and ultimately I followed through with my, my commitment and gave him everything that I had. And, uh, you know, listen, you know, Coach, Coach Neal was on the tail end of his career. He had already done so many great things at that point. You know, West Virginia was a de- developmental university. They brought guys in that necessarily won four or five stars. They coached them up, and they made them great. They, they brought the 210-pound tight end in, and made him a 265-pound tight end. They brought the 220-pound defensive end and made him a 285-pound defensive end. You know, so that, that's what they were all about is, you know, finding those, those right pieces to come in. And then, of course, you know, you, you got to go back and think about it. You know, with Doc Holliday and the way he kind of thrived in the state of Florida, they were able to kind of bring in the speed and the talent that allowed them to compete at a very high level for many years during his tenure. So a little bit of groundbreaking there. And, and listen, Don Neal wasn't the highest paid coach either, you know, being at West Virginia, he, you know, he gave up a lot of opportunities during his time and sacrificed that because of his loyalty uh, and stayed at West Virginia. And, you know, he can go on and tell you about all the teams and the stories and opportunities that he had, but you know, he loved the state. He loved the fans. He loved the people. And, you know, I, 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 I owe him to the end of my life. Uh, you know, we, we continue to connect and we'll have breakfast, you know, pretty much once a year, uh, when I come into town and I'll tell you, he rips off every single story and remembers everything, man. He's sharp as a cat. So, uh, it's just fun. And, and he, he truly is, uh, you know, someone that's continued to watch me grow in my career, even after the game. I love that you have that relationship. It shows what kind of men both of you are that you can still maintain that and that you have interest in maintaining that. Now, sp- yeah, it's important, you know, listen, sports and, Success in life is about relationships, right? I mean, you know, you just don't know who you're going to meet or who you're going to come by that's going to, you know, touch and affect your life. And, you know, instead of letting it go past you and just say, you know, that was a moment, like, you know, you stay connected. I mean, I've I've always been someone that's been thankful for every person that's really had a part in my growth and my career and my after career. And, um, you know, I, I, you got to say thank you to those people. And it's not just once, you know, let them know that they were, important. I mean, I do it with former players all the time, players that were veterans in the league, guys that I see now that pushed me and embarrassed me in practice and, and tried to get me to be better and pushed me. I mean, that, that's what, that's kind of, those are the things that I remember in those moments. And, you know, you got, you got to make sure you give gratitude to those people because you can't do it on your own, man. You got to have one little luck, but you got to have some people to help you along the way. Speaking of helping along the way, have you been in contact with Travon Wesco at all being, you know, one Mountaineer turned jet to another? Yeah. So when he got drafted, uh, obviously his first season, you know, uh, I was up there obviously doing all the games, you know, went to a bunch of practices, connected. Yeah. We obviously know each other well, uh, from a, from a football relationship standpoint. And I was excited for him. I mean, listen, you know, he's, he's a different animal, man. He, you know, he's a tremendous blocker. He's got a lot of weight behind him. You know, uh, you know, he's an overachiever in the passing game. And I think there's a role for him now in this new scheme that the Jets are going to be running with, you know, really with that emphasis on tight ends and fullbacks doing some things in the system. So I think he's in the right place. I think it continues to grow. He took huge strides from year one to year two. Uh, obviously, with the pandemic, didn't get to see him much uh, when he played. But watching him... In, uh, in his opportunities, you could see he's a little more confident as a player. So, you know, his toughness and work ethic and strength and his ability to do things above uh, what his skill set is is something that's going to stick him around the league for a while. So I'm excited about him, man. You know, he's, he was a treat to watch, and he's a big man. I mean, he's a big guy uh, that, that plays the position well, and he's only going to get better. 
I love it. I love that you guys have that rapport uh, and that you can give so much insight into what he's done and what he's going to do. So that's that's really awesome. And I love we we had Mike Logan on and he talked about the fact Logan, that Logan love him. Yeah, he's great. And he and he taught he was one of the guys that talked about the fact that Mountaineers want to start like the alumni want to start doing a better job of being connected to the players, to the to the program and even to the media, people like us. Um, so I just love that you're, that you're doing that. And that's part of who you are. Well, you know, I, I've learned a lot, right? Not just at playing a position, but just, you know, how to become a pro, you know, play a long time. You know, I, I offer assistance to every tight end that I come across when I call college games or, you know, whether it's speaking to tight ends that, you know, coming back to West Virginia, you know, coach Trickett, you know, allows me to come back, Travis, and then speak to the guys and, you know, I got a ton of knowledge, man, and, and you'd be silly, you know, not to ask me a question, call me when I give you my number. You know, I work with a ton of tight ends every year. You know, I work with the NFL, so I'm at the Combine. I meet these tight ends, and, you know, I just give them as much information as possible. I mean, they just, you know, none of these guys know anything going into the league, so why not get a head start? So, um, you know, that that's what you do. You hand it down, whether it's your university and alumni or, you know, the guys that play your position – uh, or just anybody. I mean, I, you know, I always offer that because, um, you know, there is a path. There is a path of le- least resistance for guys to extend their careers and do the right thing. So uh, my plan and my roadmap worked, uh, and I got to go through some, some roadblocks and stumbling blocks with it, so I know that side of it as well. So th- those are the things sometimes that are even more, uh, you know, uh, beneficial to the players. So uh, anytime, and of course, you know, I do it with the youth as well. I, You know, I've been – and we'll get into this, you know, a little later, but I've been working with, you know, the youth from first to eighth grade for the last 16 years, teaching them football and, and life skills. And it's just, uh, you know, if you can affect one person, two people, uh, I see it all the time. You know, I get kids coming back that are in college, like thanking me, you know, they didn't know how to do anything in football and then they're playing college football, you know, it's, and they, and it says it started at the camp. So I just, you know, those, those are the things I've tried, the little things I've tried to do, you know, I never ask for any, uh, you know, notoriety for it. I just, you know, me and my wife came out with the idea and, and we continue to do it and, and help give back to, you know, some of the high schools that, you know, one that I played with and, and now up here with my son and, and give these kids, you know, um, some great things, whether it be scholarships, uh, you know, new equipment, whatever that may be. So uh, I just love doing it, man. I just, I mean, as long as kids want to learn and, and kids play the game of football, I'm going to be there to help them. It's a beautiful thing. We love people who give back, who pass it down, who pass it on. Um, can you tell us more about these camps that you have? I can. So this is my 16th season. Uh, last year we had to cancel the camp, which would have been our 15th anniversary. So this year is 15 for 16. Um, and I have youth football camps. And, you know, we teach uh, kids uh, in first through eighth grade. Um, the first camp is in, um, in Tampa. Uh, June 7th, 8th, and 9th. And uh, we'll have that camp uh, at my son's high school. Uh, we'll have uh, the youth out there. We have former uh, NFL players, Buccaneer, former Buccaneers, current Buccaneers. They'll come out. They'll speak to the kids. Um, and they'll work with them on the field. They'll learn all the positions. And then also at lunchtime, we have these guys speak to them about, you know, something in their life, you know, the hardships, the ups, the downs. You know, uh, we have the, you know, the sheriff's department come out and, and teach these kids, uh, you know, just, you know, you know, give them a little sense of, you know, what cops are about. A lot of there's a lot of great cops out there and, and make sure they understand the message and, and they're clear on what they see in here. Um, and then I'll have a camp in Philadelphia uh, at my high school, uh, June 28th, 9th and 30th. And uh, again, same thing. Uh, that camp, you know, sells out instantaneously uh the kids been coming there i have a lot of great sponsors that jump on board um just you know it's just been fun you know my wife you know she handles all the registrations the launches and you know we we, the kids just show up and they get tons of gifts and gift bag stuff t-shirts they feed them awesome lunches every single day and, and they learn to compete they learn to do it in a fun way they learn all the positions because none of these kids know what they're going to be five years, six years, seven years from now. And they also get the life training uh, through the story. So, you know, listen, sometimes their attention spans light, but, you know, we get their attention and we make them understand that, you know, there's 
there's a bigger, bigger deal out there than just, you know, playing football and, and playing baseball and basketball that, you know, uh, they, they need to understand the rights and wrongs and that, you know, they, they have to make decisions in their life as well. So, you know, if you get them early, that's the best way to attack it. And, and uh, it's been very successful. And we've given a lot of money back to both of those high schools uh, to help support their programs and, and make them better every single year. You hear to hear, guys. Anthony Beck has camps in Tampa and in Philadelphia. If you want to be a part of that, he just gave you the info. If you can't make it, you can be proud of what he's doing. We certainly are. Now, with the draft coming up, I saw a little recap today, but can you tell our listeners what you remember from your draft day? Yeah. So, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good story. Uh, and, and I still, to this day, think I'm the only first-round pick to ever go through this. But, you know, I, I visited, uh, you know, the 49ers, excuse me, the Jets in Green Bay. And um, the Green Bay Packers had the 14th pick, and then the, the Jets obviously had four first-round picks. Uh, Parcells had told me that I was going to be one of those picks, probably number 18, the third pick of the, of the four. And, and Green Bay had me rated high, pretty highly at, at the position as well. Myself and Bubba Franks, who was my big East foe at Miami, he was the other tight end as well. So Green Bay takes him, and as we get to the third pick of the four first-round picks of the Jets, uh, a player had slid down. A player slid down that was supposed to get taken earlier, and that was Chad Pennington. So that kind of tweaked the, the game a little bit. So the Jets take Chad Pennington. That's 18. So, okay, I'm thinking to myself, well, the Jets have one more first-round pick. It's number 27. That's surely going to be me. You know, Parcells told me he's taking a tight end. That's their pick. So I have a huge party at the house, 65 people there, big tent. You had the box screen TV outside. I had a bat phone corded all the way back into my house, out into the yard, sitting on a little table, waiting for it to ring. So the 27th pick comes up, and, you know, the clock starts 15 minutes, and, you know, it goes down to 10, seven, and five, and I still haven't gotten a call yet. I'm thinking, all right, you know how it is. They, they wait till the last minute or so, and you get the call. So it goes down to a minute, and then it's less than a minute, 30, 20, and then all of a sudden the clock goes off and it says Jets have put in a selection. So here comes Paul Tagulaboo stepping up uh, to the stage, and he announces, and as he's doing that, I'm pretty getting pretty depressed at this time because I'm thinking, all right, no call. The people at my party are saying, okay, normally guys get calls, no, no phone ringing. Where is he going to get drafted? I'm thinking, okay, where am I going now? I, I didn't talk to any of the teams at 28 to, to 32. And then I didn't, you know, and then from there, uh, I didn't talk to anybody in the early second round. So, you know, I was, for me, I was like getting, you know, kind of nervous. And then he comes out and announces with the 27th pick, the Jets select Anthony Beck tight end. It was a huge eruption. Nobody knew what was going on. And I get selected and all of a sudden now my phone rings and there's Parcells, my agent and the head coach. And uh, I don't know if any other first round draft picks ever got it that way. So it was pretty cool and pretty fun to be a part of. I love it. That's a great story. It sounds like something Parcells would do. I'm sorry you went through the angst, but the payoff was worth it for sure. Now, say it again. I oh, said I'm, I'm sure you went through that angst. That wasn't great, but the payoff was worth it. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, uh, it was definitely a twist on uh, you know how it went down. But uh, you know, listen, I you know I'll, I'll always remember that, and it's a great story to have for sure. What was your welcome to the NFL moment? Well, you know, I mean, I got thrown into the fire. Now, yeah, I mean, I got thrown into the fire pretty quick. Um, You know, of of the four first-round guys, I was the one that had to play now. And, uh, you know, the game is much faster. You know, I was kind of, you know, I was out there running plays, and everybody was just kind of, my head was spinning. You know, there's bodies flying around, a lot of speed. And it took me some time to, you know, get the game to slow down. So I think, you know, kind of hits you in the face, you know, you, you, when, you, when you're out there. It's just, you know, you dominated the college level. I was at West Virginia, and uh, it was just easy my senior year. Like, there was just no one that, you know, I felt like I could block. You know, I felt real confident in what I was doing. And then you get to the league, and all of a sudden it's like, you know, grown, grown men are there. And then you're going against ends that are, you know, you know fathers and <laughs> strong guys and, and just fast and speed. So, you know, I think that to me was just the eye-opening experience. It just kind of hits you in the face, and you know, you just gotta, you know, weed yourself out and, and work through it and, and find a way, man. Because you know, not only you know 
are you expected to do it? But being a first-round pick, man, they, they, they need immediate results. So I knew that there was a lot of pressure. And in that market, you knew that was going to be really important. So, you know, it was, it was really a lot of pressure on me to get out there and do it. So I just learned a lot that first season. And, again, from there, just, you know, got me going for the rest of my career. And you had an excellent career. We're very proud of what you accomplished as a Mountaineer in the NFL. We're, we're thankful again that we've been able to talk to you. We have Anthony Becht on here for those who may have missed the beginning of this. Anthony Becht, former Mountaineer, former Jet, former Tampa Bay Buck. He played for some other teams in the NFL. He works in the media now and he's joining the Raspberry Voice kids for another Golden Blue interview. We've, we're done with the serious part now. We're got, we've got nothing left except for the rapid fire portion. Are you ready for this? Okay. Okay. Yeah. What's the best fast food French fry? Um, Burger King. Burger King. I think that's the first Burger King we've gotten. When it comes to Doritos, is it nacho cheese or Cool Ranch? Nacho. Nacho all the way. Who's the best Avenger? (laughs) Um, I don't. Iron Man. That's a good pick. Iron Man's excellent. Is Batman a superhero? Absolutely not. Are you kidding me? Thank he has no you. powers. What is he doing? Thank he's got you. a chain, a belt, a rope, a gun. I mean, he, I'm sorry. And I don't think he's ever killed anybody, right, in any of his, uh, any of his uh, movies. So <laughs> I, don't, I, just, I don't get it, man. He just, I don't, I don't know what he does. He just he uses other things to be great. So, Does ketchup go on a hot dog? No. Lion King or Toy Story? Toy Story. Best Pop-Tart? I don't eat Pop-Tarts. All right, we'll skip that one. Pepsi or Coke? <laughs> Coke. Oh, my gosh. Not even close. I, I say nobody has ever asked for a Jack and Pepsi. Never. Yeah, it's horrible. Who is the greatest tight end in the history of the NFL? Uh, Gronkowski. Gronk, you picked Gronk. I thought for sure you were going to go Gonzalez. No, yeah, I'll go Gronk. All right, and then finally, this is the question my brother typically asks, but he's not here this evening, and this is a question we need your 100% honesty on. (laughs) Okay. Do you pee in swimming pools? No, I've never done it, never will. Uh, now the ocean's a different story, <laughs> but but definitely not a swimming pool for sure. All right, well, thank you again for joining us. This has been amazing, great conversation. If you don't follow Anthony Beck on Twitter, can you tell them where they can find you on Twitter, Instagram, and wherever else you want them to follow you and find you? Yeah, Anthony underscore Beck B E C H T on Twitter and Instagram. V uh, Anthony Beck on Facebook. They can go to Anthony Beck B E C H T dot com on my website, and then Anthony Beck Football Camp dot com uh, to check out the camp stuff. I do a bunch of podcasts. If you just go to my Twitter, it's all on there. Everything's attached to everything. So, um, yeah, man, I appreciate you having me on. It's it's it's, it's great, and we got to do this again uh, sometime soon. Sounds good to me. We appreciate you. Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.